we've been talking about this idea of enduring love, um, looking specifically kind of at love in a marriage, but really love um, that we model and love that we have for the people around us. And just as a quick way to review the last two weeks, uh, we started this series off, Pastor Ben talked to us that um, love in the Greek language as well as love in the English language can be used both as a noun and as a verb. And we need to be careful in our relationships, especially in our marriage relationships, that we don't keep love as just a noun, something that we just say that there is love, but that we show that love, that we demonstrate that love to our spouses as God has demonstrated his love towards us. And last week, uh, Pastor Ben took up the difficult task of uh, talking about what does it mean to love your spouse in the context of submitting toward one another. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 that we are sub to submit towards one another out of reverence for Christ. And to submit really just means to put your spouse's needs ahead of your own. And so when two people in that kind of a relationship, when they're willing to put the needs of their spouse ahead of their own, that's the kind of love that will endure. That's the kind of love that will last a lifetime when, when two people are willing to do that for one another. Now, maybe you've been here for the last two weeks or maybe off that quick summary, you, you might be thinking to yourself that that sounds easy, it sounds doable, make love a verb and put my spouse's needs ahead of my own. It sounds good, but in reality, that's a whole lot more difficult than it sounds. And it, you know, I would love to do that all the time. I would love it if my spouse did that all the time. But the truth of the matter is that does not happen all the time. And we want to talk about this morning is why is that so difficult? Why is it so difficult to make love a verb consistently? And why is it so difficult to put the needs of our spouse ahead of our own consistently? And what we're going to find out this morning is that it's really a matter of the heart. It's a matter of what's going on inside of here. And what we're going to find out this morning is that we all have a heart issue. And that's important. It's important for us to realize that we all have a heart issue because we all bring our hearts into the marriage relationship. We all, we, we all bring our hearts with their problems into the relationships that we have. And so there's going to be an impact on those relationships because of what's going on inside of here. Now to illustrate that this morning, I had some members come up from another church and uh, to help us um, understand this a little bit better. They're, they're good at doing this. And I, I brought with me this morning Mr. and Mrs. Mug. You know, you can all greet Mr. and Mrs. Mug here. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Mug, they met in college. And, you know, just like many of you, they were attracted toward one another. You know, Mr. Mug, he, he's a pretty smart guy. He was getting a higher degree. He's, he was fun to be with. And Mrs. Mug, she, she had a good sense of humor and you know, just look at her. Why wouldn't Mr. Mug be attracted to her? And so the two of them, they got together and they started dating and they started hanging out. And when they first started dating, they were so very careful around each other. You know, they just, they had a few little bumps along the way. They had some issues, but they were just so careful whenever they were around each other. And it, and it made sense, you know, he was trying to win her heart. She was trying to gain his affection. And so every time they were together, they were just so careful. And then they got married after college. And I don't know, maybe six months after the marriage, you know, they were going along and they had their first, they had their first bump. They had, they had their first issues in, in the marriage relationship. And all of a sudden, Mr. Mug looked at Mrs. Mug and said, 
Where did that come from? And Mrs. Mug looked at Mr. Mug and said, I didn't know that you had anger issues. And Mr. Mug said to Mrs. Mug, I didn't have anger issues until you bumped me like that. And these blue beads started coming out of me. And they kept going along, and they kept having bumps along the way. And finally, she, she, she got together with her girlfriends, and she said, I, I just never saw that. I'd never seen that side of him. And Mr. Mug, you know, we don't exactly know what guys do when they need to talk. So Mr. Mug was just kind of hanging out and thinking to himself, every time she says that, and every time she does that, Every time she bumps me, these blue beads just fly out of me. And I don't know where they come from. And Mr. Mug thinks that the reason the blue beads come out of him is because of what Mrs. Mug says and what Mrs. Mug does. And Mrs. Mug thinks that the reason those pink beads come out of her is because of what Mr. Mug says and what Mr. Mug does. But the truth is, is that the reason the blue beads come out of Mr. Mug is because that's what's in there. And the reason the pink beads come out of Mrs. Mug is because that's what's in there. And that's what we want to talk about this morning, because you and I, whether they're pink beads or blue beads, we've all got beads inside of us. And when we get bumped, those beads tend to come out of us. And it's in a marriage relationship, in that committed, romantic type of relationship that we get bumped the hardest. And that is why many of you would probably agree with me that the person that you've been maddest with in your life has probably been your spouse. And the person who's probably been maddest with you is your spouse. Because in that type of a relationship where we kind of let down our guard, you know, we're, we're good about, you know, kind of keeping up a public persona when we're out, you know, you know, you come into church and how, how's it going? Good. You know, we've all got that line down. We smile and we say good. We might be torn up on the inside. We might have had a, a frustrating morning. We might have had an argument on our way here to church this morning. You get to that door and it's good. Good. It's a good morning. How are you? Good. You know, we're good at that. And all of a sudden you get in the car after church and it's like, you know, back to reality. And we all do that because there's something going on inside of us that we need to address. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And we're going to turn to Mark chapter 7 this morning. We're picking up a, 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 a situation. Jesus is having a conversation with some religious leaders about something that we won't get into this morning, but basically about food regulations. And what Jesus is going to demonstrate and teach us this morning is that it's not the stuff that's, you know, that we eat that makes us bad on the inside. It's the fact that our hearts on the inside are just bad, and that's what we need to deal with this morning. So Mark chapter 7, where we're going to turn this morning, beginning at verse 14, and Jesus has this to say. He says, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a man, no food things, no things that you weren't supposed to touch in the Old Testament, none of those things... Um, can make a, make a man unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. All right, so there's, Jesus is setting up this dynamic that there's something going on on the inside, and when that comes out, that's what we consider as bad. That's what's the sinful part of us. Jumping down to verse 20, he went on. What comes out of a man 
is what makes him unclean. The blue beads or the pink beads, when those come out of us, that's what makes us unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, okay? From within us, from within our hearts, which we all bring our hearts into relationships, these hearts that are full of bad things that we brought into the relationship and that there's an inex inexhaustible supply inside our hearts. As long as we have a heart, there's going to be evil inside the heart. As long as we're in a relationship, our heart is going to be in that relationship. And so there's always going to be this turmoil inside. From within, verse 21, out of men's hearts come... Now he's going to give us a list of things. It's not an all-inclusive list, but it's just some examples. Comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Just stop right there for a second. What did Jesus just do? I think everyone here can agree that the evil thoughts part, okay, I, I get that, right? And if, if, if you want to push back against me on that and say, there's not evil thoughts in my head, then I would just offer that we should put a microphone into your brain to hear every single one of your thoughts. And I think everyone here would agree that there's evil thoughts that go on inside our minds. And what did Jesus just do here? He just says that the people who are capable of having evil thoughts, all of us, myself included, the people who are capable of having evil thoughts because there's evil in their hearts are also capable of sexual immorality, theft, murder, and adultery. What Jesus is saying is because of the evil that's in us, Every single one of us, even though we're good at that public persona, even though we don't want people to see these things in our lives, every single one of us is capable of these things because of the evil that is inside our hearts. Verse 22, greed, he goes on, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, just pause right there for a second, slander. Slander is just basically uh, another form of jealousy, Slander is that thing that um, you, you get envious of your spouse, you get jealous of your spouse, and so you want to make them look bad. You want to either tear them down or make them bad in public, you, you, you slander them. And, and that's something that we're all capable of, and I would venture to guess, something that we had all done. He goes on. Arrogance and folly, and then he gives a summary statement, all these evils, that's what these all are, come from inside and make a man unclean. All of this stuff that's going on inside of us, when we get bumped, tends to come out of us. And in a marriage relationship, that tends to happen most often. Now, maybe some of you are pushing back and saying, you know, just not that bad, you know? I'm, I'm not that bad, I'm pretty good. And the reason we think that we're pretty good is because we've all been trained to monitor our behavior, right? When we're out in public, we are, we're, we're on good behavior. We've all been trained to edit our words. And so when we're here at church, you know, we say the good things that people would want us to say. We do the good things that people would want us to say. But when we're at home, when we're with our spouse, when we're in close relationships, we let down that guard a little bit more. And then we start to see the evil that's inside of us. 
So but we want to push back and we want to say, no, 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 no. Evil. All right, I have some evil thoughts. Okay? And so what I need to do is I need to better monitor my behavior. And because I have evil thoughts, I need to better edit the words that I say in public and everything will be better. And Jesus would say to you, good, monitor your behavior, edit your words, but it's your heart that's the issue. And we want to say, no, 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 no. My mama always told me I'm a good boy. And Jesus would say to your mama, I'm sorry, you're wrong. He's got an evil heart. I've got an evil heart. There's evil inside of us. And it shows itself in the words and the actions that we have. Now, how do we deal with that? Because as Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at this a little bit more this morning, what Solomon says is that above all else, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, people literally came from around the world to hear what Solomon had to say about love and about relationships and about business and about money. They came from around the world to hear what he had to say. And what did Solomon say in Proverbs 4? Above all else. If you forget everything else that I say to you, all of these wise things that I have to offer to you on life, above all else, guard your heart. Because it is the wellspring of life. What Solomon is saying is that you live from your heart. I live from my heart. You love from your heart. You parent from your heart. You have relationships from your heart. You, you face conflict from your heart. And so we need to guard our hearts because we live from our hearts. What does it mean to guard our hearts? We all know what it means to guard or monitor our words and our behaviors. What does it mean to guard our hearts? Very simply, what Solomon is telling us is that we need to pay attention to what goes into our hearts. We need to pay attention to the examples of love that we see around us or the examples of relationships that we see around us. Those can be good examples or those can be bad examples. What we see on TV what we hear people talk about, all of those things can be bad examples. And we need to be, pay attention when those things go in our hearts because all of us have a tendency to let those things get clogged up in our hearts. And until we deal with our hearts, we're never going to be able to deal with, really deal with, the words and the actions that come out of us because those things are simply a result of our hearts. So Solomon says... We need to pay attention to our hearts. We need to guard our hearts. How do we do that? First thing we need to do is understand who God is. And to do that this morning, I want you in your minds to take yourself to a hill outside of Jerusalem some 2,000 years ago. And on that warm, probably sunny day, dusty day, we picture, we see Jesus being pushed down to the ground and being placed upon a cross that's lying on the ground, okay? We see a Roman soldier come and sit on Jesus' chest and another Roman soldier come with a spike and a hammer and nail him to this cross. And as that happens, what does Jesus say? 
As he is experiencing the evil that is inside human beings, what does Jesus say? He says, Father, forgive them. Father, release these men from the guilt of their sin because they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. How many of us, when we've got bumped, and the blue beads came out, or the pink beads came out, we've said to ourselves, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just did that. I said I would never do that. I can't believe I did. And where, what do we do with these beads? First of all, we go to our Savior Jesus, who fully understood the extent of evil in our hearts and willingly took that evil to the cross to die for it. And we come to him and he says to us, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are when we get bombed, when we all get bombed, when stuff comes out and stuff comes out of all of us, there is a need for forgiveness that we have in Jesus. And that's where it starts. To have this whole change of heart, it's got to start with Jesus. It's got to start with what God has done for us. Now, we all like that part. We all like to know that our sins are forgiven. And we would all want to say with David, King David in Psalm 51, and we say, create in me a clean heart, O God. And we think God creates a clean heart in me by forgiving my sins. That's where it starts. But there's more to it. What did Solomon say? Guard your heart. Pay attention to what's going in you and pay attention to what comes out of you. Because your words and your actions, they're like a stethoscope to your heart. They, have, they give a pretty good indication about what's going on inside of there. And so if you came here this morning and, and you heard the part that God forgives your sins, he forgives the sins that you, you, know, you didn't even know about, you didn't even mean, and you just want to stop right there, I've got to tell you there's more to it. And if, you think, if you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I'll, I'll guard my heart when she guards her heart. Or if you're thinking to yourself, I'll stop letting pink beads out of me when he stops letting blue beads out of him. It's not the issue. It's not the point. It's what's going on inside of us. And what Solomon is doing, saying, you've got to know what's coming out of you. What he's really telling us to do is to name what it is. Name what that blue bead is. When, when she says that, I feel disrespected. Name. When he does that, I feel unloved. I feel lonely. And you know what? We gotta name what these beads are, and when we name them, then we can claim them. I feel disrespected. That's what I feel. I, I think that's a me issue. 
I think I need to deal with that one myself. I feel unloved. That's, that's what I feel. That, that's a me issue. And I gotta name it. I gotta claim it as my own. And then I'd encourage you to say it out loud. See, when, when we're willing to, and when we're able to name what it is inside of us, and when we're willing to claim it and say, this is a me issue, this is a me be, when we say it out loud, sin has a tendency to lose its power. When I can say, this is me, this is my issue, and this is what it is, the next time that blue bead wants to surface and the next time that blue bead wants to come flying out of me, it's not going to have as much power. And sometimes it's appropriate to tell our spouse what that blue bead is. Sometimes it's appropriate to tell our spouse what that pink bead is. To be able to say to our spouse, when, when you say that, that makes me feel disrespected. And when you do that, that makes me feel unlovable. And now when your spouse tells you that, the correct response is not, I'm sorry you feel that way. The correct response is, well, that's too bad. The correct response is, I'm so glad you told me. I didn't know that when I said that, it made you feel that way. I didn't know that when I did that, it made you feel like that. And this whole context of a marriage relationship where we get bumped, where stuff is going to come out of us, how do we deal with that? How do we examine our hearts? How do we, how do we guard our hearts? And it starts with forgiveness. It starts with an ability to say, I was wrong. And this is a me issue. This is a, a blue bead that I've got to deal with. And I've got to name it. I've got to claim it. Now I've got to do something about it. We've got to, I've got to deal with this. And dealing with it means being active about it. Let me give you an example, a little story. It's like the man who went to the cardiologist. And the cardiologist said to him, Sir, your heart is in very, very bad shape. But I'll tell you what, I think we can change it. I think we can correct your heart without surgery if you just follow this exercise plan and if you just follow this diet. And the man says to the doctor, I, I, you know, no, I, I can't do that. You need to fix my heart. And the doctor says, I'm, I'm telling you how to fix your heart. You need to have a diet and you need to have an exercise plan. And the man says, no, 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 no. I, I, you know, I, just, I, you know, I can't exercise. I, you know, I just, I get so tired so quickly. And I can't have a diet. I'll be hungry all the time. Just fix my heart, and then I'll exercise. I'm envious of the people that can exercise. I'm envious of the people that, that keep a strict diet. Just fix my heart. And the doctor says, I'm telling you how to fix your heart. You just got to do these things. The man says, no, I, you know, I can't do that. I, I, you know, I just can't, I can't get on the machine at the gym. I look silly in those clothes. I just can't do it. Just fix my heart. And round and round they go. The doctor says, no, you fix your heart by doing it. We all have a heart issue. We all need to deal with it. And how do you deal with it? It starts with forgiveness. And it involves naming it, claiming it, saying it out loud, 
than healing. In our relationship, we're all going to let bees fly. We need to know how to deal with it. Amen. Please stand.